Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Do you remember BPI? Oh yeah, Blind LGBT Pride International. They're a special interest affiliate of ACB. Yes, they are the ones doing all these cool things at convention. Guess what they're up to now? Do tell. Their own show. It's called Pride Connection. That's great, but what if I'm not a part of the LGBT community? This is a show for everyone. Actually, non-LGBT and non-disabled folks are known as allies, and they are a huge portion of BPI's membership. Everyone is welcome. So what kinds of topics can I expect from Pride Connection? Fun and relevant topics for everyone, from blindness to LGBT education, technology to advocacy. So when will Pride Connection take place? Every Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern. Be sure to tune in so we can all connect and learn while having fun. Pride Connection on On ACB ACB Radio Radio Mainstream. BPI presents Pride Connection, sponsored by Blind LGBT Pride International, Tuesday at 10 p.m. on ACB Radio Main or wherever you get your podcasts. Someday we'll find it the rainbow connection the lovers the dreamers and me good evening and welcome back to the bpi party you are listening to Pride Connection. This is our once-a-week ACB radio show sponsored by BPI LGBT Blind Pride International. I am one of your three co-hosts, Anthony Corona. I am joined by our president, Mr. Gabriel Lopez-Cafati. Say hi, Gabe. Hey, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another wonderful and exciting edition of Pride Connection. I am also always joined by our third co-host, Ms. Leah Gardner, our Vice President. Hey, Anthony. Hey, Gabe. Good to be with you today. So before we get into Gabe's President message and the topic of our show today, which is gender fluidity, let me just ask you guys, how are you doing with um, shelter in place and the social restrictions and or niceties that we're being asked to comply with niceties (laughs) (laughs) i gotta say i'm finding them not particularly nice i mean obviously they're nice in that we are trying very hard to keep from inadvertently infecting people that we love and care about considering that as of our recording time which is uh Saturday, March 28th, the United States is first in the world in terms of uh, diagnosed COVID-19 cases. We're over 100,000 cases diagnosed right now. And uh, given our lack of testing over the past month or so, I fear that our cases are much higher than that. So um, it's a difficult time and it's incredibly scary it's a fearful place to be in it's depressing i'm somebody that 
we need to work from home for my company and it has been trying and frustrating to try to um, do that. As somebody that takes medication for depression, quite frankly, the medication isn't quite doing its job of late. (laughs) So it's a hard time. And I think the social isolation really plays into that uh, sense of depression um, because in trying not to hurt other people, we're also having to restrict ourselves from the, the solace and companionship that they may offer. I recommend whoever has an opportunity, whoever has a balcony or a closed patio or even the opportunity of going out when there's not many people out on the street to get a little bit of sun wherever possible because we all know vitamin D is good for <laughs> you're, emotional you're talking, state. <laughs> you're talking to us from Miami where it's sunny, sunny all the time. I know, I know. <laughs> it's I rainy and drizzly that. over here today. <laughs> well, whenever you see sun, there, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> well, by the that's time, the example of our puppies. You know, our dogs, whenever they see a little bit of sun, that's where they lay. <laughs> yes, yeah, right in that spot. Well, by the that's time smart. our listeners uh, are privy to this show, there will have been a bunch more of our BPI shares We recently did audio description part two, which one of our guests today, Chris, was a big part of. We have done a coronavirus, which we're going to do a part two very soon. We're doing a book share and a story slam, and we're going to keep them coming. So please go to the BPI Facebook page. Go to bplindlgbtpride.org and hit up the website. If you guys listening aren't a member and love what we're doing then hit us up with a membership it's only 15 dollars, and it goes a long way to keep us active and out there we're trying as best as we can to keep the social lines of communication open and just remember if you guys know of someone who's alone pick up the phone send a text drop an email But a quick call is probably best. A little bit of voice-on-voice contact will always brighten someone's day. Having said that, Gabriel, your president's message. Thank you, Anthony. And uh, welcome again, everyone. As you know, um, we are a special interest affiliate of the American Council of the Blind. We are very proud to be part of the ACB family. And we are so happy and grateful that ACB Radio has supported us in this exciting venture. And uh, we're here. We're connecting with all of you out there on ACB Radio Land. And uh, we'll be here every Tuesday at 10 p.m. Maine. So, yeah, please join us. Uh, We have a whole bunch of activities. We're doing a lot of uh, conference calls, like Anthony mentioned, via Zoom. Uh, It's very easy to join. We welcome everyone. We encourage membership, but we don't turn down anyone. Anyone is a friend, is welcome. Uh, BPI loves to offer an open and very, very welcoming space to everyone. Please feel free to join us. You can find my information on the uh, BPI website. Feel free to send me an email or give me a call. I'll be happy to answer your questions and uh, let the party begin. So for the purposes of tonight's conversation, we wanted to highlight and identify a few terms that are important. As you guys know, for 
the longest time, LGB was the terminology for lesbian, gay, bisexual. But in the last 25 years, a bunch more letters have been added to the LGBT alphabet, such as T for transgender, Q for queer or questioning, F for fluid, P for pan, the list goes on and on. For the sake of tonight's conversation, Gabriel is gonna give you a few terms and tell you where you can find a list of comprehensive gender and sexuality definitions. Gabriel? Thanks, Anthony. Uh, first of all, uh, a good resource to keep in mind uh, if you have questions about more concepts and definitions within the LGBT umbrella is uh, the Human Rights Campaign website, which is hrc.org. But like Anthony was saying, for the sake of tonight's conversation uh, that we're bringing to you, we're going to go over a couple of terms just to keep them clear in everyone's mind. Um, so starting with uh, sexual orientation. Sexual orientation is actually an inherent or immutable uh, expression of attraction, whether it be romantic or sexual, it needs to be durable towards another person. So as Anthony mentioned earlier, sexual orientation, as we all know, can be straight, gay, lesbian, bisexual. Gay and lesbian can uh, be grouped under just uh, homosexuality, just as straight can be uh, called heterosexuality and bisexual is both. There's another concept that is not to be confused with sexual orientation, and that is gender identity. Gender identity is a person's innermost concept as far as it goes uh, with their identity. This is not sexual orientation. This um, identity can be different than the one assigned at birth. And that takes us into our next concept, which is transgender. That's the definition of transgender, is uh, when a person's identity, gender identity, assigned at birth, does not match with their innermost concept of themselves. So these people um, who are transgender can be any sexual orientation. They can be considered straight, gay, lesbian, bisexual, etc. Now for tonight, we are going to be having a guest, very special guest, who is gender fluid. So gender fluidity is a person who does not identify to a fixed gender. So like the word fluid says, they experience that fluidity between one and another or a blend. We're going to hear real life experience from someone who's gender fluid. So uh, I just wanted to clarify those concepts so that we have them clear in our mind before we dive into our exciting conversation tonight. So let's enjoy. It's important to note that gender fluidity does not represent androgyny and vice versa. It's a term that can be used in discussing gender fluidity, but it is not a mirror or sister term. So like Gabe said, we have an exciting conversation ahead and I think we need to dive right in and say hello to our participants. Just remember, at the end of this, if you have questions, you are more than welcome to email at us, tweet them to us, hit us up on Facebook, or hit up the Human Rights Campaign at hrc.org. The party topic this evening is gender fluidity. And we have two special guests with us. We have our very own board member and audio description guru extraordinaire, Mr. Chris Snyder. And Chris, why don't you introduce our other guest who you're bringing along with? 
Hi everybody, it's Chris Snyder, and today I have with me my gender-fluid child, Kaylin, who is 16, and I'll let them uh, tell you more. Oh, 17! I messed up! <laughs> they recently had a birthday, I was reminded recently, um, <laughs> and I'll let them tell you a little more about themselves and their, their, um, how they came to realize they were gender-fluid. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome, Chris, and welcome, Kaylin. Happy belated birthday. Yes, 17. We've had some issues on this program uh, with, <laughs> with keeping track of people's ages. We, uh, we uh, <laughs> magically turned an eight-month-old into an eight-year-old recently, so it <laughs> seems to be a trend. So, Kaylin, tell us a little about yourself and, like your dad said, how you came to realize you were gender fluid. I don't really remember... When I realized I was gender fluid, but I do remember thinking to myself constantly that I didn't fit in with all the girl normals or the boy normals, like girls wear flowy dresses and have to sit politely and boys roughhouse and play. I liked both, so, but I didn't. But I don't always feel that way, so sometimes I would like to roughhouse with my brother or play dolls with my sister. So I never really fit in with either, so that's about I, when I realized that there's more than just boys and girls. Absolutely. I want to talk about pronoun in a few minutes, but the first thing I think that would help our listeners is if you told us in your own words, when someone asks you about yourself, when, and you know, you mention gender fluidity and you get that questioning look or that humana humana, huh? How do you define gender fluidity and what does it mean to you? What do you tell others about that and about yourself? I don't often get asked these questions because I don't often go outside being homeschooled. So I, when I do get asked these questions, I'm, it's sort of hard for me to explain. Some days I'll feel more feminine and some days I'll feel more masculine. Most days I just like to stay at home and eat popcorn. I, don't, <laughs> I like to dress up whenever I go out because I don't go out often. So if I'm feeling more feminine, I'll put in earrings. And if I'm feeling more masculine, I'll wear a binder. But when I get asked these questions, my answers usually are that I'm neither a girl or a boy, or I'm both a girl and a boy. I like that. In your coming to feel this, does it have anything or much to do with the gender that you may be attracted to? Or is it completely about yourself and inside yourself? It is completely about myself and inside of myself. I am demisexual so i like who i like and my gender typically has no role in that kaylin i have a question i haven't heard the term demisexual before i've heard the term pansexual are those two things interchangeable meaning that you like somebody based on their personality not so much their yeah physicality how I like to describe it is i tend to form crushes on my friends so it is sort of like pansexuality but it falls more under the ace umbrella, asexual umbrella. So I've had friends where 
if I get really close to my friends, I'll start forming crushes on them. But it doesn't happen with all friends, and I feel no attraction towards random people I find on the street, like some of my other mm. friends. Those are very interesting and good points. It's it's great. Thanks for that insight, Kaylin. Because I always try to explain people that gender identity, in this case, gender fluidity, has nothing to do with attraction or sexual orientation. That is a totally different topic. So thank you for clarifying that for us and for our listeners. Uh, another uh, friend of mine is demisexual, and he defines it as when he gets to know someone, that's when the sexual attraction starts. Yeah, him. that's what I had understood about demisexual, is that definitely the the person who identifies uh, or, you know, is, is, uh, sexual orientation is demisexual, is um, attracted until they get to know the person. And Kaylin said it perfectly. Um, uh, unlike other people, they, people who are demisexual do not feel attracted to someone just by like, you know, looking at, I don't know, someone quote unquote, good looking <laughs> out on the so, street. They have to get to know them. Would that preclude somebody that's demisexual from watching a performer on television and saying, wow, I think he or she or they is, is really cute. I found that sometimes if I like really, really like the show and I really like the character, I'll mm. sometimes form crushes, but it's not often that it happens. And what about physical beauty just for physical beauty's sake? Do, do you find yourself saying, you know, this one is cute even though I'm not attracted to them or it doesn't really matter, it's just about personality for you? Well, I've noticed what people define as cute or sexy or things like that. I'll notice what people define that as and I can say with certain clarity that yes, this person is cute or hot but i don't find them cute or hot i just know that that's the terms that other people would use to describe them well so it's more like a learned knowledge for you yes and an adaptation because you're not getting a stirring so to speak out of it it's kind of like for me um being totally blind from birth where people have told me all about colors and you could, yeah, God, you can talk to me about colors all day long, but really they're just words. And so I've learned, mm -hmm. I've learned the sighted connection to those words and what, mm. you know, what they mean for sighted people. And I kind of know what colors things tend to be in general, but that's as far as my understanding of colors go. Very good analogy, Chris. Mm -hmm. Thanks for yeah. that. I think a good, um, a good, this is a good moment for us to ask about your choice of pronoun. Um, and then maybe Chris could explain a little bit about the different choices of pronouns and why that's so important. Well, I was born and raised using the pronouns she, her, but when I realized I was gender fluid, I asked to be called they, and the transition for my family was sort of hard, but they've definitely gotten better to the point where I rarely notice them calling me she, her. And I understand that if I go into public and people, and I'm dressed feminine, more feminine, I'll get called she, her a lot. Or if I'm dressed more masculine, I'll occasionally get called he. But people around me who know me try their hardest to call me they, them. And I don't mind if they do call me he or if they do call me she. But I notice that people close to me will try to correct 
other people who use she, her, or he, him pronouns around me. Yeah, I've noticed a lot at various meetings and conferences that I've been involved in that there's often a question at the beginning when people are invited to introduce themselves about what pronoun they would like to be referred to as. And I see it a lot on the signature line of emails now. It's something yeah. like, you know, uh, response to she or they um, or he. And in fact, an, an interesting thing is I know in certain states like California where I live, I was filling out an application for my um, state ID recently and I was really impressed to see that under the question of gender there were three options um, there was male female and gender fluid so slowly society is starting to um, come along way to go California maybe Kentucky and Alabama will have that in 20 years <laughs> <laughs> Uh, dream on. <laughs> um, but I think uh, things like um, what you are doing, Kayla, is, is what gets us moving forward. You know, uh, just not allowing preconceived normatives define who you are, even, even against your own nature, because this is the story of gender uh, fluidity and sexual orientation, you know, decades ago, when we would or people would keep themselves into uh, their own personal closets, because they were afraid that even though they were sure within themselves what they felt and who they were, they did not want to contradict societal norms. And, uh, you know, live that meant living trapped. And that also meant not educating those around of, around us, uh, of, of, you know, there's more than just black and white. I think it's important to note at this moment to everyone that's listening that this is one, this is one person's opinion. This is one person's journey. And that when encountering gender fluidity, that there are different points of view, there are different levels of, of what they feel is acceptable and what they need and want out of understanding from friends, family, et cetera, et cetera. And in that, before we talk, before we talk a little bit more with Chris, tell them, I'm curious, you're homeschooled, but you're going to at some point have to go into either the work world or college life. How important is it going to be for you when you're moving into the world more to have they and to have your fluidity, you know, when you're standing in the line at Starbucks, so to speak, and, and your drink is ready, if they say, hey, miss, or hey, you know, how important is it going to be for you to, to have that acknowledged in the worlds that you're going to move into? Well, I hope that soon in the future that they'll, instead of saying, hey, miss, or hey, mister, that they'll just say something else, like, excuse me, your drink is ready. As in the work world, I know who I want to be, and I'm hoping that the community that I choose will ask me and I can tell them and they can accept me what, when I'm working, because the job that I want to be is close to the community, but it's also a job that can be done 
behind the scenes so I won't have to connect with the community a lot or I'll have to connect with the community a lot but I'm also autistic and connecting with the community is harder for me so there's that to factor in as well. Do you have a, a network of other gender fluid peers? Do you have outreach right now? Kind of. I have one community that's a whole bunch of different LGBT people with trans people and gender fluid people and a whole lot of people there, but I only think there's only one other gender fluid person there. And as a gender fluid person, correct me if I'm wrong, please, but you were completely comfortable in your skin. Not at all. I have problems with how I look. I look more feminine being born a girl, and I want to fix that in the future. Um, I have a really big chest, and I want to get that reduced in the future. But that involves saving money and actually being able to communicate to a doctor what I want to do, which is very difficult for me. I'm kind of curious about the difference between gender fluidity and somebody like me who is, I guess, quote unquote, comfortable with being a woman because I'm attracted to other women specifically because they're women and the anatomical part of that, but also I'm somebody who is quite frequently called sir because I have extremely short hair. It's even shorter now because I had a friend shave it last week since I won't be able to get to a barber for quite some time. But I get called sir a lot because I have kind of like a quote-unquote masculine physicality and demeanor except and vibe and I also have a very large chest which I've often thought about maybe someday reducing because to me it kind of stands in the way of, of who I am however I don't consider myself to be gender fluid I do consider to be myself a woman who has a lot of quote-unquote masculine traits so I'm wondering in in the community if there's a difference between that sense of somebody who's maybe considered like me, quote unquote, really butch and somebody who's gender fluid. It's mostly up to you how you want to be defined as. Mm. I know people who are females who like to look masculine and males who like to look feminine and it's completely up to you how you want to look and how you want to be labeled as by the community. There's also a difference between gender queer people and gender fluid people, and it's all how you want to be defined as. Thanks for that question, Leanne. Obviously, thanks for that wonderful, heartfelt response, Kaylin. Um, Leah, that, that question opens up probably a whole different topic, but I would like to jump in and clarify um, also for our listeners. There's, there, we always have to be very clear about a difference between sexual orientation and gender identity. Uh, in your case, Leah, you're, um, you're mentioning uh, you are a woman attracted to women. So that is your sexual orientation. You identify as a woman in terms of your gender. And same with me. I could talk about my case. I am a man attracted to men uh, and identify 
in terms of my gender as a man, as a male. So, um, so yeah, it's, it, I just wanted to jump in to, to clarify that it's always important to keep that differentiation in our minds that um, gender identity, let's not confuse it with sexual orientation. There's two different topics. Absolutely. I think, though, for, for lack of a better way of putting it, the layperson, a person who is not in the community often or at all, they misinterpret terms, they misinterpret the idea that we are gender identification and sexual orientation. They mm -hmm. don't understand that, that's, that that itself is not a fluid fluality for those of us in the community. I think that's a good portion of why a lot of the terms in the last 10, 10 or so years have really come to the forefront and that the members of the community that identify the way they identify want these terms to become more the norm so that people understand. And it's easier for them to take the sexual orientation out of the gender identification. That's probably the biggest battle at the moment, I would say, for the different identifications. Well, I wonder if a lot of it is, is it's based on generational experience, too. If I felt that I were gender fluid, I would be very hard pressed to get my parents who are in their 70s to call me they. It is something that would be an impossibility. However, I think that, you know, today in 2020, I, I'm 44. I think people that are, are my age and younger are having a much more fluid ease with that conception. I'll say, just as, a, as Kaylin's dad, that the generation of people in our family that you're speaking of have the hardest time with Kaylin's mm -hmm. pronouns, as you might imagine. Um, and, and I'll say that as a parent, just having raised them for 14 years before they, they came to this conclusion publicly... Um, and wanted the pronoun change, it was a little hard to get used to at first, but it wasn't, it wasn't something that I denied. I accepted it right away. But learning how to speak properly took some time because my brain would automatically default to the thing that it had been doing for 13 years, you know? So it was yeah. a little, but now, you know, I don't even hardly have to think about it anymore, you know? And, and I, the problem is with the, with the older generation, they just, they don't understand it. And no. unfortunately, unfortunately, even though they may be open to uh, sexual orientation now, they, some of them actively don't want to understand it because it's just one more thing that they have to think about and they, they just don't. Um, yeah. And it's not, you know, to me, that's not okay, but that's my personal opinion. Um, but it's, it's cer certainly something that whether or not they like it, they're going to have to get used to it because that's how it's, that's how it is now, you know? They'll have to get used to it, but it, it doesn't mean that they're going to use the, uh, the pronoun. No, they'll fight it. That someone may want them to use. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. being, being the parent and, and coming from an LGBT background yourself, I'm wondering, you know, when I'm asking this in the vein of those out there that are not really familiar and are really sitting with their with their ears open and wanting to hear when this started to to come to the forefront for you as a father how much of the that's my little girl did you have to put away i know <laughs> when i was coming out a lot of people said you have to give your family time to grieve 
they're, they're grieving the fact that they're not going to have a, a daughter-in-law or a sister-in-law and they may not have grandchildren, yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, all right, they probably will have grandchildren and they'll have an in-law. It just won't be a female, but okay. Um, how much of, how much of putting away daddy's little girl did you have to do? None, honestly. And I'll, I'll be frank with that. I, I, I am a very unusual parent in that I am absolutely 100% gay, but I had a female co-parent who bore these children. They are my biological children. And uh, the story that is behind that is long and complicated, but suffice it to say that I came into this knowing that I was going to be the best gay dad I knew how to be. And that included, and, and, and I've always seen it as odd that people of a minority group would then turn around and have problems accepting other minority groups, you know? Yeah. So it's, yeah. you know, um, and being blind and gay, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's a twofer. So when my kid comes to me and says, uh, I'm gay or I'm demisexual and, or I'm gender fluid, it does, it's like, okay, well, welcome to the, welcome to the LGBT family. You know, I, it doesn't, um, and, and for gender identity in this case, I never had a specific attachment to having a specific gender child. So, you know, I wasn't longing for a girl or a boy or anything like that. It, it was just a, it was just, hey, I've got a new life in this world and I get to raise it. And that's all I needed, you know. So, so for me, there was no grieving process. There was no letting go. There was no, um, none of that. But I can see how, how some people because I know people who are attached to the gender of their child. Um, I know that that is a thing that happens. And um, all I can say to them is, do you love your child more or do you love your, their gender more? Yeah. What matters to you most? Because that's what it comes yeah. down to. If you love somebody, then you accept them as they are faults and all and gender and all and sexual orientation and all. And you don't say, well, I love them, but no, you don't say I love them, but you say I love them and you move on. I don't know if any of you, I know, Kaylin, this, this was before your time, but I grew up as a child with an album called um, Free to Be, which was Marlo a series. Thomas. Yes, it was a series yes. of skits that were created by Marlo Thomas, who's um, Mar her, Marlo her Thomas and Alan Alda. Both of them. And Alan Alda, yes. And her, her, uh, her, her father, people may know, was um, responsible. It was an actor, but he also uh, founded um, St. Jude's Hospital, Danny Thomas. But a lot of those skits on that album, see, I'm, I'm giving my age right now because I had it on a, on a record. A lot of those skits are about um, testing the whole concept of gender during that time and what a woman should be and what a man should be. And I'm thinking of the first skit on the um, album, which is two infants who have just been born <laughs> and they're in the nursery and they're trying to figure out what the other is, whether they're a girl or a boy. And at the end, <laughs> both of them realize that they're exactly the opposite of what they thought they were. <laughs> And we need a um, we need we need a free to be 2.0 <laughs> where there's, yeah, yeah, like where there's some where there's some gender uh, fluid skits, but um, that particular what? album was way ahead of its time. 
It was, and, and my children actually listened to it. I'll just say no. Oh, so great, go. good. I'm glad it's still. I'm glad <laughs> it's still relevant because I brought it up to to people that are in their twenties and <laughs> they've never heard of it, and I've had to I've had to send I've had to send it to them. I ha I happen to have all the tracks because I, the, I, it's I, out in CD. Uh, so oh, you can, is it okay? Yeah, okay. I like to collect uh, T-shirts with messages. One of uh, my favorite T-shirts is, is a black T-shirt that has the word normal in front on the chest there, and it's normal and different uh, rainbow colors. And uh, it's always caught my attention that I think once we get to, obviously not get rid of the word, but if we could redefine uh, what normal is, because that's what keeps many people tied to, to point or or traditional concepts that are closed and confining. They are concepts that um, tell you uh, if you're not this, then you're wrong. You're an outcast. You, there's something wrong. Why do we have to call things or people normal or not normal? Uh, what, whatever's who you are, and like Kaylin said it a moment ago, uh, being, being yourself and being authentic, to yourself being true to yourself that is normal so that should be our normal whether it doesn't coincide with my normal or anthony's or leah's or whoever's you know that 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 should be normal i think being true to yourself not harming others and being happy that is what defines normal to me i think that was a great a great treatise on, on normality thank you i wish Everybody in the world could have that particular uh, viewpoint because, to be honest with you, I think we would all coexist with much more fluidity than we do now. I was wondering if Chris and Callum would speak to parents out there who may be grappling with a child that is figuring out that they are gender fluid. What advice or, or what would you say to, to those parents? I'll start that the first answer and the most important answer is love and support them. And that's really, if everything else that you do and say comes from that place, it'll probably be okay. Um, I strongly suggest that you educate yourself, go online, learn about gender fluidity, learn about um, how various people perceive gender fluidity and just educate yourself to what your child may be feeling and going through and just be supportive and be there be there as a sounding board be there let them know that they can come to you if they if perhaps you'd like to do research with them and 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 try to come from a place of loving understanding and if i could step in go to communities that have gender fluid people because the internet does not always give a straight answer i've looked it up myself and found so many inconsistencies go to a community and ask them what they think and ask your child how they want to be called and how they want to be perceived by you instead of just jumping the gun and immediately calling them they because i know people who use different pronouns other than they she and he i've heard they and mix mm. and also people who prefer more than one pronoun there's he they and she they and they mix and zip and they them and so many different pronouns you want to make sure that you 
ask them how they want to be called. Thank you. Chris, you mentioned um, education, and that is definitely a key component in anything. Is there a place or a few places that you can suggest to parents or just people out there that want to know better? They want to do better. They want to act better. So starting with knowing better, other places, can you suggest where they could start to get some of these questions um, answered? If you're, if you're, uh, I think Kaylin's suggestion of going to the community, there are websites that have uh, message boards. There's, of course, there's things like Discord um, and and um, other messaging platforms that have communities on them. But if you are looking for something that at least has some kind of official, quote unquote, official stamp, I would start with Glad and Glisten. Those are the, the Gay and Lesbian Anti-Defamation Group, and uh, GLSEN is the Gay and Lesbian Students Network. And also, of course, PFLAG. And they're both too. .org, right? Yes. Yeah. yes. Yeah. .org. Glad, glad with two A's. Right. Ah, thank you. I always forget yeah. that. And, you know, go, go on those sites. Uh, PFLAG, again, is another good resource um, because even though they are mainly talking about sexual orientation, they do cover gender identity. They do talk about that. And there are articles about it and there are resources for parents in, in those places. How did your other two children handle it? Was it easier for them because they're younger? They knew- I think so. But that's a Kalen question. My brother and sister both try i my sister's doing really well i still catch my brother tripping up me and me and my mom and my sister hang out a lot so they were probably the fastest to uh and easiest who got to change to they them and my sister will still will call me sibling instead of sister or brother and mm. and my brother will still occasionally call me uh he'll still say I have two sisters um but a quick correction and he'll say I'm sorry I have a sister and a sibling and I think it's fun for my dad to say he has one of each child <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's right <laughs> well playing devil's advocate because you know again there's going to be people out there that are listening that don't quite understand does being gender fluid matter to you in cases like using a public restroom in cases like, you know, if you're getting a cap and gown and the girls are wearing blue, uh, black or blue and the boys are wearing, you know what I mean? Black or blue for the boys and, and red or, or yellow for the girls. Does that matter in things like that? Uh, sometimes if I'm dressed more masculine, I'll sometimes go into the masculine bath- bathroom if I'm, but I'll typically, if there is no, uh, family bathroom or neutral bathroom, I'll tend to go in the girls. Cause that's how I was raised. I always, I was raised going to the girls. Um, so it takes a lot of courage for me to go into the men's bathroom and I'll still do it. But most of the time, if there isn't a gender fluid bathroom, I'll just hold it and not go. As for clothes, I try to get more androgynous clothes so black and blue for the men yellow and red for the girls i'll wear green and blue and pink i'll wear all of them it just depends on how i'm feeling and what all i have that's clean (laughs) (laughs) and again playing devil's advocate just because you know these are questions that i think are running through a lot of people's minds 
if you are feeling more one or the other in a certain day, do you feel the need to express that? Or do you expect that at least, you know, your friends and family that are close to you will automatically get it? How does that work? Most of the time, I'll wear something that that'll symbolize what I'm wearing. I most often am androgynous, which is a mix between the two. I'll most often try to be androgynous and go by they, them. I don't often wear skirts and earrings, but I can if I'm feeling feminine. And it's sort of hard for masculinity because I don't have a lot of clothes that are masculine and not androgynous. So for masculinity, I just essentially give up. I just wear androgynous clothes. But if I were to be able to figure out how to pull off masculinity, then yes, I would like to be called he, him on that day. Or if I'm pulling off femininity, sure, I would like to be called she, her. But it's very difficult to tell. So pretty much all the time, I've never actually had this happen. I'll just stick with they, them and work with that. When I finally get paid again, I'll uh, I'll be happy to get you some some cowboy boots and some <laughs> some jeans and some flannel and we'll just we'll we'll budget up for you if you want am i pulling up masculinity when i because i wear i wear men's cargo pants specifically because the pockets i need pockets i cannot stand traditional women's pants because they the designers apparently think women don't need pockets it's definitely something i've observed in in women's clothing that baffles me like why do women <laughs> and and young girls why do they not have pockets in their jeans what in the world is with that that is ridiculous and i realize that kaylin and i can with clothing that has adjustable waist we can we can do that so i had a pair that i had outgrown of cargo shorts that were still really new and I said, well, have these. And they, they have cargo shorts with plenty of pockets. <laughs> <laughs> they're one of my favorite pair of pants because they're so masculine. And mm-hmm. I don't actually use the pockets because I have a messenger <laughs> bag instead of a purse. So I'll have a messenger bag that's just full of stuff instead of, you know, using pockets because I have old women clothes, clothes that I had when I was a girl. And they have no pockets. So that's why... <laughs> I almost never leave the house without my messenger bag. And like before, it's up to you how you want to be called. If you want to dress masculine and be called she, her, that's completely up to you. And if people ask, you can, it's always wonderful when people ask because you can clarify as opposed to them just guessing and getting it wrong. Mm-hmm. And Leah, see what, what you were um, questioning about uh, your cargo pants and the way you dress. See, Typically, I've read a lot about um, psychology and fashion. Believe it or not, there is stuff out there uh, regarding this topic. We, we typically dress for others. We tri- typically dress because that's, that's what we put on to face the world. So in your case, you are using men's pants because of the practicality of it. Oh, and absolutely. You, and they're comfortable. Yeah. And they're comfortable I, for you. Right. And you're not interested in portraying yourself as a typical curvy woman with tight pants or, you know, <laughs> little girly clothes, whatever. You're not interested in that. So you're focusing on the practicality of it, not on, on, on what you're telling the world about yourself with those pants. Oh, absolutely. It's not a statement. It's, yeah. it's, about, yeah. it's about, for me, functionality it. and 
you know, comfort level. And, you know, I, I buy men's t-shirts to me, they're more comfortable. There, there's more space. <laughs> there's more space to move around in. You know, so. I, I want to go back to something that, that you guys were talking about in, well, Talon most mainly was talking about in the beginning of this conversation, the physicality, you had mentioned binding and the possibility of, of changing that aspect um, down the road. What, um, what does the binding do for you? And do you ever wish that you could have other characteristics such as facial hair or broader shoulders and biceps, et cetera, et cetera? Um, well, as for binding, <laughs> binding makes me feel comfortable in my body. It makes me feel more androgynous or masculine as opposed to just feminine. And it helps me. And my sister is really good with makeup. And she is 100% okay with me asking, hey, can you give me um, shadowing makeup? And she'll put shadowing makeup on me. And it makes me feel really comfortable in my body if I'm feeling more masculine that day. Wow, thank you. Thank you, Kellen. Well, Anthony, I can tell you something. I, I'm I'm not gender fluid, but I wish I had bigger biceps and triceps. <laughs> Just a matter of, of making it happen at the gym. <laughs> <laughs> Gabe, didn't you and I have a conversation once about the fact that, you know, I love to go to the barber because the barber, yes. my, my buddy Rob at the barber shop cuts my hair as short as I want it to be. And I seem to remember us having a, this discussion where you said, you know, I go to the barber, but I wish I could, <laughs> I could go to a hair um, No, the thing is that back then I was going, <laughs> I was going to, uh, so the salon where I used to get my mani and pedi, uh, mm-hmm. it was a family owned business and the mother was the main uh you know the the hairdresser and then my good friend vero she's the the, uh, the the one who does my nails so the the son of the owner he's who's a barber set up his barber chair right there in the salon so i said perfect i come here i get my mani pedi and i get my barber you know my, <laughs> my beard trimmed and shaved and all that and then that, that was perfect for me because i was looking for a salon ambience <laughs> And you were looking for a barber environment. That's right. So That's we right. were like, Leah, you, you, we, are, we are so funny, both of us. You <laughs> are a woman looking for a very butchy <laughs> I want to be in an environment where, where men speak sports. Yes. Yes, yeah. exactly. And I was looking for a, for a place where I could have <laughs> my, my beard trimmed and, and, and shaved and kind of put in, you know, together every couple of weeks. And at the same, but at the same time, I wanted the ambience of like a salon with, with the ladies and the mani and the petty and, <laughs> but I'm good with well, barber shops now. I love my barber. He's a really good friend. Well, time flies when you're having an interesting yes. and informative conversation. Callum, is there anything else you want to tell us or say to the listeners out there? If you're ever questioning your gender, it's okay. It took me at least a year to realize who I wanted to be. And these things take time to get right. So if you're ever confused, you can go to public communities and friends and family if they accept you and 
tell them how you feel and they can help you figure out who you are. Cause I went through like three different levels of who I wanted to be before I finally got it right. And I am so happy that I did that because I learned so many new things. Wow. Thank you so thank much you. for participating. Absolutely. Really beautiful thank you. advice. Thank you, thank Kaylin. You. And thank you, Mr. Chris Snyder. Well, it was a it was a pleasure to be here and I thank you for having us. It's always fun to join my community again. Any final thoughts, Chris? Um, like I said, just come from a place of love. You, it's really hard to go wrong when you do that, as long as you are recognizing that what you want for a person may not be what is best for that person. And mm -hmm. especially when they get to be a teenager and they're figuring themselves out, sometimes you really do need to trust that they might know what's what they need in terms of their identity. Thank you so much, Chris. Thank you so much, Callum, for joining us. This is BPI, and this has been our conversation on gender fluidity. We'll be here every Tuesday at 10 p.m. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us at blindlgbtpride.org. Of course, you can hit us all up on our social medias, join our shares, and please be part of the conversation. If something tonight inspired you, join us on our pages, let us know what you thought. And if there's someone in your life who you think might be questioning and trying to figure it out, have the conversation with them. Ask them, like Chris said, ask them what they feel and how they feel. Having said all of that, I would like to wrap this up by saying that I hope everyone is staying safe, taking all the necessary precautions and doing the things that you need to do to keep yourself sane, happy and healthy in this time. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. I'm Anthony. I'm Leah Gardner. And I'm Gabriel Lopez Cafati. Keep it safe, keep an open mind and a full heart. Thank you to everybody who made this show possible. ACB Radio, and much thanks to Tim Cummings, our engineer. Thank you for joining us this evening. Come back again next Tuesday for another Party Tuesday with BPI. Have a great evening, everyone. Bye, everyone. Good night. Hi. Hi. I'm a baby. What do you think I am, a loaf of bread? You could be. Why do I know? I'm just born. I'm a baby. I don't even know if I'm under a tree or in a hospital or what. I'm just so glad to be here. Well, I'm a baby, too. Have it your own way. I don't want to fight about it. What, are you scared? Yes, I am. I'm a little scared. I'll tell you why. See, I don't know if I'm a boy or a girl yet. What's that got to do with it? Well, if you're a boy and I'm a girl, you can beat me up. You think I want to lose a tooth my first day alive? What's a tooth? Search me. I'm just born. I'm a baby. I don't know nothing yet. You think you're a girl? I don't know. I might be. I think I am. I've never been anything before. Let me see. Let me take a little look around. Mm, cute feet, small, dainty. Yep, yep. I'm a girl. That's it. Girl time. What do you think I am? You? That's easy. You're a boy. You sure? Of course I'm sure. I'm alive already four or five minutes, right? I haven't been wrong yet. Gee, I don't feel like a boy. That's because you can't see yourself. Why? What do I look like? Bald. You're bald, fella. Bald, bald, bald. You're bald as a ping-pong ball. Are you bald? So? So? Boys are bald and girls have hair. Are you sure? Of course I'm sure. Who's bald? Your mother or your father? Well, my father. I rest my case. Hmm. You're bald, too. You're kidding. No, I'm you're not. Don't look. Why? Oh, a bald girl. Yuck.
disgusting. Maybe you're a boy and I'm a girl. There you go again. I told you I'm a girl. I know it. I know it. I'm a girl and you're a boy. I think you're wrong. I'm never wrong. What about shaving? What about it? You just shaved, right? Wrong. Exactly. And you know why? Because everyone's born with a clean shave. It's just that girls keep theirs and boys don't. So what does that prove? Tomorrow morning, the one that needs a shave, he's a boy. Well, I can't wait until tomorrow morning. See, that proves it. Girls are patient. Boys are impatient. Yeah? What else? Can you keep a secret? Absolutely. There you go. Boys keep secrets. Girls don't. Hmm. Go on. Are you afraid of mice? No. I am. I'm terrified of them. I hate them. Squeak, squeak, squeak. What do you want to be when you grow up? A fireman. What did I tell you? How about you? A cocktail waitress. Does that prove anything to hmm. you? You must be right. I told you I'm always right. You're a boy and I'm the girl. I guess so. Oh, wait. Here comes the nurse to change our diapers. About time, too. I have never been so uncomfortable in my life. Hey, Look at that. What? You see that? I am a girl. And you're a boy. Hey, it sure looks like it. What do you think of that? I can't understand it. Well, it sure goes to show you. What? You can't judge a book by its cover. <laughs> what does that mean? How should I know? I'm only a baby. So am I. Goo. Goo. Thank you for listening to the show. We'd like to invite you to send any comments, questions, or just join our conversation. Email us at membership at blindlgbtpride.org. That's membership at blindlgbtpride.org. And join our conversation. You have been listening to Pride Connection, sponsored by Blind LGBT Pride International. For more information, go to blindlgbtpride.org. They will find it, the rainbow connection, the lovers, the dreamers, 